Hello, this is Anxiety Society, the show where we talk about the things that stress us out on a daily basis. I'm Tanner. And I'm Tyler. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Alright everybody, welcome back to Anxiety Society. Uh, that song was brought to you by DJ Quads. You can find his music on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. Uh, we are recording this episode on Easter weekend. Yes. Yeah, uh, right. So we are doing a lot of stuff this weekend. Uh, Tanner, what are you doing this weekend? Um. So this weekend, Julie and I, actually today, Julie and I, uh, it, since it's the 20th anniversary of the Columbine shooting, since we're only about 20 to 30 minutes away from the actual high school where it happened, we decided before we went on a hike today that we were going to stop by, uh, go there and just uh, take in, you know, look at the memorial. They actually have a memorial right outside the high school. Um, And there's a lot of uh, quotes and uh, from people that survived and uh, things like words uh, from the people that passed away. So some of the things that, you know, that they left were some of the time, some of the things were like parents, uh, talking about their children. Other times they had like actual quotes from some of the students that passed away in like from their diary or their journal. Um, and it was really interesting. Um, it was, it was pretty sad. There were actually some people that were like crying and, uh, you know, I think they may have either had someone that was in it um or maybe known someone but um yeah it was just really powerful and it was very interesting just to see uh a lot of the kids and i didn't know this i know that there was one girl uh her name is rachel scott that was a christian and that that she was the one who kind of got all the headlines about you know they asked her do you believe in god and she said you know i do and they uh killed her but there was actually a lot of other uh kids with really strong faith as well. And, you know, obviously didn't get as much, uh, you know, airtime uh, talking about them, but it was very powerful. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it just really put in perspective uh, just life in general. And, um, yeah, it was uh, it was uh, quite the scene. Yeah, I was actually going to say um, the whole Rachel Scott thing, uh, those of you that don't know, uh, Rachel Scott was the – there was a – I believe there was a movement called Yes, I Believe. She wrote a book. Uh, there was a lot of things that came out. But actually, um, I don't know exactly the entire details of the story, but you can actually go look it up. Uh, she was attributed to saying that, and I believe it was somebody else that actually said those words. Yeah. Uh, and it later came out that there was somebody else that had said that, and she had been given the uh, glory for that. So, um, well, I don't, like I said, I, don't know all of the I, details there, but I do know right. that that, that is a, like a controversial story in regards to Columbine. Yeah. Well, it was interesting, like on her, um, memorial plaque, I guess you would kind of call it. Um, it did say at the bottom that they, you know, when asked if she believed she replied in quotes, you know, I do. And so I don't know. It is interesting. Uh, and I told my wife, Julie, I was like, that was kind of supposedly what was, you know, apparently happened. It could have been dramatized. Um, it could have been, you know, that stories, you know, from those types of situations pop up. And uh, but yeah, anyways, it's it was just a, um, a very touching um, 
and just a a thing to kind of go and you know be reminded of that you're to be grateful for life and yeah i mean what, what do you have going on this weekend uh so not much um just taking it easy excited to uh go to church tomorrow for easter and um that's pretty much it not not a whole no, lot no got- easter egg hunts Oh, oh, that's right. I forgot about that. So at my work yesterday, uh, there was a work Easter egg hunt that I actually missed. I'm so mad. Uh. <laughs> uh, I was, it was scheduled for noon. I had to go plug in my computer. I went down by 12.03. The Easter egg hunt was done. Um, yeah. They had picked up all of the eggs. All of the adults had picked uh. up the eggs. And there was a man in a bunny suit. And I missed all of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I mean... I don't know. That's kind of a little strange just for like adults. If there were kids there, it'd be a little bit more, um, I don't know, uh, appropriate, <laughs> but it's like, what am I supposed to do as another grown man is dressed in like, an, it was a very, a I have never seen anything <laughs> like it. There was, uh, and it was a lot of adults. I want to say there was at least a hundred. Wow. That's impressive. So it, it was a, a, not a small Easter egg hunt by any right. stretch of the imagination. Mm. Um, so, but anyways, uh, we're here to talk about, uh, another one of another topic, uh, that involves anxiety. Uh, and this one is actually probably one that Tanner and I are very, uh, experienced in and, yes. uh, we have a lot of stories, so we're going to try to not take up too much time, uh, but we're going to have a little bit of fun with it. Uh, this one is about, uh, health, uh, things related to our health, uh, being anxious right. about our, our health. And uh, like I said, a lot of stories to come. But before we get to the stories and talk about our experiences, um, I did find on a, uh, on a w- website, I did find a test to see if you are a hypochondriac. Um, Ooh, and good. Tanner has is a self-claimed hypochondriac. Is that, isn't that right? Right. Yes. Yeah, I... I I don't know when I kind of realized it. I you know growing up I was told I had um, obsessive compulsive disorder, and eventually I think that kind of that that sort of mindset shifted over to health concerns. So my obsessive compulsive disorder started to really uh, yeah just like affect my the way I perceive my health, the way I try to take care of my health, and so yeah I mean I. I'm not really like ashamed of it necessarily. I I'm like openly like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a hypochondriac. And I know that's, it's not like the most like normal thing to tell people, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I know I am, but let's, I guess we can see if I'm by, uh, you know, definition, a true hypochondriac. So on this website that I'm reading, uh, it says that hypochondriac is a mental health disorder. It usually starts in early adulthood and may show up after the person or someone they know has gone through an illness or after they've lost someone to a hmm. serious medical condition. Okay. Uh, it says yeah. about two-thirds of hypochondriacs have a coexisting psychiatric disorder, such as panic disorder, obsessive-compulsive disorder, yeah. or, major de- or major depression. Um, <laughs> and now we'll go through those symptoms. But just starting off the right off the bat, the definition, um, Do you? does it sound like you? Does that sound what, like who does, you does are? Does that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean... I like I said I'm OCD. I've battled with depression before, um, and yeah, I mean, it, I even um, some traumatic incidents. I I've had a very you know privileged and blessed life. I haven't had to deal with a lot of deaths or nearby deaths, but uh, I would say 
uh, our grandma passing away uh, my senior year of high school was a pretty traumatic event just because it really came out of the blue. Uh, we were with her just like two weeks before and she seemed perfectly fine. And then all of a sudden she just didn't wake up two weeks later. So yeah, I mean, I would say it's right on the money. All right. So this is the true test. This is the hypochondriac test. So cool. first question or first okay. symptom, I should say, a hypochondriac regularly checks themselves for any sign of illness. Is there like a yes or no? Or is it like a scoring system? How does this work? Yeah, okay, so we don't have, I guess uh, let's go with just uh, if you say that you do that, you'll say I agree or yes, one of those two. Okay, I agree. Okay, so is that, is there anything you want to add on top of that? You regularly I mean, check in cells for illness? I, I would say I definitely have waves. It's not like I'm constantly doing it, but... If there is something that pops up or like I brush up against my arm or my head or something, I feel something weird, then yeah, like if I feel something that's like I'm going to like go through a wave of like, oh gosh, I'm, you know, and I start really um, checking my body, checking different symptoms. But I would say probably 75% of the time I'm not, but then that 25% of the time is very intense. Gotcha. Okay, next one is fearing that anything from a runny nose to a gurgle in the stomach is a sign of a serious illness. Um, uh, I would say that they're, like I said, it's, I would say it's in between, um, that, yes, I would say I'd be more leaning more towards I agree, but I obviously know, like, there are times where I just get a cough or I have, you know, a cold or something like that. But I will say there are also seasons uh, where I'm battling something just very ordinary. And for whatever reason, I've made up in my head, oh, I have, you know, this uh, serious illness. Yeah. Uh, making frequent visits to the doctor. Well, um, no, I will say no on that one. Um, when I'm in that sort of season, then yes. Like I'll, I'll um, explain later in the episode that about three months ago I had a really bad episode of this, but overall, you know, my life as a whole, I'm not going to the doctor that often. This one says, avoiding the doctor due to fear that the doctor will find they have a disease or serious illness. See, now this, that would say I'm more leaning towards that. Um, There are definitely times like just going in to get like my physical checkup or things like that where I'm like, yeah, that'd be great to like find out I have nothing going on. But what if they don't? What if I don't find that out? What if I find out something else? What if there is something wrong? And that usually steers me away from going to the doctor as often as I probably should. Uh, this next one is talking excessively about their health. Yeah. Um, again, it's 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 part of the same thing. Um, but yeah, I would say yeah, I. I <laughs> Um, compared to the normal person, I definitely talk about my health a lot more. And when I am obsessing about something, I tend to pull um, a lot of people into that uh, sort of stress and anxiety. Um, and so, yeah, I, I talk about it quite a bit. All right. This next one I know is a for sure. Yes. This is spending a lot of time online researching their symptoms. Yeah. Um, again, I... Like I said, I think for the most part, I'm not doing that. But if there is something that I'm questioning, I and I have actually become a lot more proactive 
of trying to avoid that. But the second I open that door, it's like the floodgates open and it's like too late. All right. Some of these next ones are interesting um, and you'll have to share more later. Um, But this one says may focus on just one thing, a certain disease like cancer or a certain body part like the lungs if they cough. Or they may fear that any disease might become focused on a trending disease. So, for instance, during the flu season, a sniffle could mean the flu. Yeah. um, Yeah, I would say I definitely start to, if I get onto WebMD, um, which can happen, um, I start to, okay, narrow it down. I think I have this. So then by the time I go into the doctor, I'm pretty much telling them, so this is what I think I have. Uh, and I've already, I've gotten to the place where I feel comfortable enough with the doctor where I tell them like, yeah, I'm a hypochondriac, which I probably shouldn't do. Um, but that's, I, I just want to be upfront and honest with them be like, so I've been researching this and I'm, this is what I think it is. What do you think? So, yeah. uh, yeah. Uh, there's two more. So the next one is they are unconvinced that their negative medical tests are correct. That then worry mm. that they have something undiagnosed and that no one will be able to find it and cure them. Yeah. I'll, I'll touch on this more later, but yeah, definitely. This has become more frequent in my thinking. Uh, then the last one is avoiding people or places they fear may cause them to get sick. Yeah, and I even and I think I think this is fairly normal because I've looked it up before. But I even don't even like talking about like death things like that. Like those types of things just really make me uncomfortable, and like I just really don't like being in those types of either places or conversations. So I either uh, just kind of check out or I just try to avoid it altogether. Yeah. Well, Tanner, I will say you scored i want to say at least over a 50 percent on this so i'm gonna say to this test you are a hypochondriac nice yeah i mean i like i said it's nothing too surprising to me uh, if you hear me talk about it i sound pretty comfortable in it because i i am i'm not like denying that i am one so um but it's something i'm trying to work on as much as i can and feel like i'm making little strides at a time Excellent. Well, uh, we're going to take a short break. Before we go to the break, just want to remind you to follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, If you would like more content from Anxiety Society, we're posting throughout the week. Uh, Interact with us. Tell us what you want to talk about, uh, and maybe your topic will make it on one of our podcasts. Uh, But now we're going to go to the break, and we'll see you after. All right, guys, welcome back to Anxiety Society. Again, that was DJ Quads. You can find his music on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. We're talking about health and our anxiety around it. Uh, Tanner was sharing a little bit about his hypochondriac uh, experiences. And uh, thank you, Tanner, for sharing those. That was very nice. Yeah. Oh, and we forgot to mention you can uh, reach out to us um, via email if you want to to share either your thoughts your requests maybe some ideas at anxiety society pod at gmail.com yep and again finding us on facebook and twitter we do post some funny stuff not just serious stuff so check us out on there or at as least well. funny to us yes <laughs> we find it funny you may not and that is okay we right. will laugh anyway exactly 
Yep. Uh, so wanted to talk a little bit more about our anxiety with health. Um, you know, this for me is a very interesting topic because I can't, I really can't put a finger to when it started for me. Uh, you know, Tanner mentioned um, our grandma passing. The thing that I, when I was thinking about, you know, talking about health on this podcast, um, I remember when I was younger, uh, there was a time when I felt like on the news, there were so many like widespread diseases going on in the world and not like, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Do you, do you remember like West Nile virus or SARS or the avian bird, bird flu? Do you remember any of those Tanner? Um, I don't know if I remember them as younger, but there have been times even recently, like in, I don't know if it was just in Colorado or for his other places, but like the measles have, there's been a recent outbreak of the measles recently. Right. And that has to do with like people not, you know, condoning vac- vaccinations and things like that. But like what right. I was referring to, there was a time when, um, I remember when I was younger, I was watching the news and I, I remember them reporting that there was like an outbreak of West Nile virus and uh, yeah. you know, mosquito bites are dangerous and it could cause you to get West Nile virus. Um, right. And then it was SARS and then it was avian bird flu in Asia and people were flying over here. And those are just things yep. kind of really, I guess, to my mind, just really set me off because it really felt out of my control. Like I could run into anybody on the street. I could get bit by a mosquito. Uh, yeah. and it just... It's very, it was very frightening. Um, and so as I got older, I feel like that just continued on. Uh, that wasn't necessarily right. something that went away. You know, I thought, okay, well, if I get older, I won't freak out as much. You know, well, mm. about, I don't remember how many years ago, but uh, the Ebola virus came to Texas. Yeah. Uh, it was literally about, you know, 10, 15 miles from uh, where I was living or I guess where I was uh, working at the time. And it really freaked right. me out. Like I even thought about like, coming in with like hazmat outfit on like oh. uh, if you've ever seen breaking breaking bad uh the what they wear when they're uh making the drugs and all of that that's what i was literally going to uh come and wear to work because i it just freaked me out so much that i knew i was going to be the one to get ebola um, that reminds me of Dwight Schrute when um, I forget what episode it was, but he comes in with the hazmat oh it was when they had lice in the office oh yeah Yes. Oh, well, that does remind me. So that was a, that my my wife is not a hypochondriac. She's not uh, like me in that way. Uh, but one thing she is really freaked out about. Speaking of Dwight, is lice. She is like that is oh, the really? one thing that she is super freaked out about. Uh, huh. uh, she actually when she lived with her sister, uh, they actually had lice uh, in the house oh. and had to like oh. I forget all the things they had to do, but it was intense. Uh, but anyways, oh. yeah, that's my kind of experience. Um, you know, Tanner, share real fast just some things you remember from when you were a kid, um, you know, about worrying and being sick or, or some of your OCD things. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I don't think my health, um, my health-related anxiety started until probably, I don't know, like three or four years ago, maybe. Um, I, I, I don't remember, because I remember uh, when we were younger, it wasn't like you were super young, but I think you were maybe in college, and we were all making fun of you because you thought you had restless leg syndrome. Oh yeah, I forgot I restless never, leg. Like... Yes, that is a, <laughs> yeah. that's another one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I honestly, like at that point, I think I just I I didn't really understand like why you uh, why you were freaking out about that. I was like, I don't understand why you're, you know, you think you have this. 
And now I could relate because it's like I've convinced myself I have a lot of different things. And so I don't think it's been a long, you know, long term thing. I think it's it's really just like a shifting of what I've been stressed out with. And so I think like as I've gotten older, it's shifted to health related things. Yeah, I would say that um, when I'm talking about health related things, I think that there's a lot of factors that come into it. It's not just health related. I think I just struggle from normal general anxiety. Um, And so when I'm already anxious, it's it's easier to believe that I have. um, I mean, I, I literally have thought that I've had a lot of very, very serious diseases that I don't have. Um, but like, right. I, I've thought I've had tumors before. I mean, uh, I would call right. it a snowball effect. So like I have a headache. Well, what yep. is that headache from? I mean, okay. I could right. be dehydrated, but wait a second. It's like really super specific in this one area of my head. Oh, I start, right. so I start feeling my head. Oh wait, there's kind of like a lump there. I wonder if that's a tumor. So that is literally what's right. going on in my head. And I think people think that, um, you know, it's easy just to like stop that effect, but it's like a snowball effect. It just keeps growing and building on yep. top of it. And it's just, you are justifying, uh, what is going right. on by your own judgment, even though that judgment is very impaired. Well, and that's a good, that's a good kind of thought to kind of, I think, pause on is what, what is, um, hypochondria? What do people without hypochondria think it is? And what do people like, what is going through our heads and what do they think is happening to us? Um, because I think that's part of the problem is there's usually, uh, people who think they understand what's going on, but they, if, if you don't, if you've never experienced it, you don't know really what's happening to the person. Yeah. I would say the thing that, um, doesn't help for somebody that struggles with this is not to just say you don't have that only 5% of people don't have this or have this disease. Like we are in our heads, we are already putting ourselves in the 5% of people that have this. Um, Right. And it's not saying that we're right. Like we may even admit that we, it's a rare case, but we believe we are in the rare cases. Um, Right. And it's, I, I, I mean, just, just being really honest, it is not helpful to be told you don't have this. Is it okay to ask questions? Like I have found that, you know, whether it's my wife or it's my parents, like to ask me questions about things, it allows me to think it through and allows me to talk things out loud. And usually that is the best way um, to get to me. It is not through saying, oh, well, you're being ridiculous. That's that's a ridiculous thought because it kind of puts you into a, I guess, a category of people where it's like, okay, well, then I'm crazy. So now I've gone from right. thinking I have, you know, a tumor to now I'm now I'm a crazy person. Yeah. Um, yeah it, and I think that's that's part of the thing with hypochondria is that we're constantly trying to seek um, like what's the word um, affirmation, confirmation, security in other people's answers. So when you we'll start to, you know, with our loved ones, we'll tell them about something and they'll be like, yeah, I don't think that's what that's what that is. And for a little bit, I think that works. And it's like, oh, okay, I feel better. They're not concerned. But after a while, it builds up to where that you don't get any sort of security from their answers. So then it goes from that to, okay, I need to go see a doctor. And so then you go to the doctor and the doctor says the exact same thing your loved ones told you. And so then a little bit that works again. You, you, you feel, you know, okay, I feel so much better. Yeah, I don't have that. Well, eventually you'll get to the place where 
that one doctor won't make you feel a sense of security. So then you have to go to another one and then eventually go to another one. And then you have to start paying for very expensive um, things like um, operation or not, not operation, but like um, x-rays, things like that, uh, where you're trying to get the sense of security that ultimately you won't get from really anyone. Right. And, and it really is. And as a person that struggles with this uh, a lot, uh, it is not something that somebody's going to be able to tell me something that is going to make me feel better. Right. I mean, uh, yes, a doctor. I mean, I would say the doctor is, you know, the closest person that I could get to where I feel like absolutely comfortable. But I will say, oh, let me tell a story real fast. Um, so yeah. um, this was a couple years ago. Um, I was uh, a teacher and I was I always get super sick in the spring. Um, the year before I had had mono. And so uh, I was yeah. this wasn't necessarily a, a very different scenario but it just I, I couldn't seem to kick this thing uh so i ended up going right. to the doctor and i was trying not to freak out because inside it's like i, I know i have something pretty severe uh, i think i had registered yeah. like 103 fever or something like that wow. so it was pretty serious yeah. um and so i was like okay you know it's probably nothing or whatever well i went to a care now uh care now is a great facility yep. uh but this uh this particular time uh, the doctor was doing all of his tests. He um, was taking actually a little bit longer than I thought he would. I thought he would have just been able to like do a few things and then be able to tell me. But he kept asking. He said, hey, we need to run some additional tests to see if this is something more serious. Well, anyways, he yep. came back into the doctor's office. Or, or Sorry, he came back into the room where I was at, and he told me that uh, he believed that I had sepsis. Uh, and yeah. so for those people that don't know, uh, sepsis is like a blood... I don't really know exactly. It's just like your the disease that's in your body has spread to your blood. It's very dangerous. Uh, in fact, my cousin yeah. had suffered from uh, sepsis-like symptoms. I can't remember if he actually had sepsis. So this word that I had never heard of before um, was very actually uh, in my in my mind recently because my cousin had suffered from it. Uh, and so yeah. I, 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 I remember specifically uh, I almost passed out when he said it when he said that I had sepsis because I knew immediately <laughs> yeah. what that meant. Um, and for a oh, hypochondriac God. to hear those words, not just like, yeah. Oh, you've got this. And, but to say you are in a urgent condition, you need to, and he literally yeah. told me you need to go to the emergency room. And he recommended that I actually take an ambulance. Um, oh my God. uh, so I, I mean, obviously very panicked, Called my parents. Right. Uh, my my wife was with me. She actually wasn't my wife at that time, but she was with me. We drove to the emergency room, and the first thing the guy at the other facility said, he was like, "Look, he came in and started talking to me." Uh, the very nice people at the hospital. Um, they were, you know, yeah. trying to get me to, you know, not be so panicked. Uh, the first thing he right. told me was, he asked me some questions. Then he says, "Well, look," he's like, "I know this other guy told you you have sepsis, but." I'm telling you right now, he's like, I've been, I've worked on people that have sepsis and you don't have sepsis. He's like, you just don't look like it. Right. Um, which yeah. <laughs> in that moment, just the way he delivered it and the way that he was talking with me just was very reassuring. Um, right. And the, and the eventual blood test came back and I had contracted mono again, two years in a row. Um, wow. But, uh, you know, it is real. Like there are times that a doctor may actually look you in the face as a hypochondriac and say, you do have something serious uh, and you have to be able to take that answer. And so uh, learn from my experience, you know, be ready for any answer. 
Uh, but really right. be ready for any answer. Um, and so I, you know, anyways, I don't know where I was going with that, but I did want to share that story. Yeah, I think um, kind of similar to what happened to me is um, about three months ago, I, uh, I I started having some random twitching in my body. And um, I, I just, you know, I work out a lot yeah. and I live in Colorado. So I assumed that I was just like dehydrated. And yeah. so... Um, the, the twitching kind of continued. And so, you know, the first thing I did was, well, not the first thing, but after it gone on for a few days, I, uh, searched twitching and right arm. And the first thing that popped up was ALS. And so I was like, well, this isn't good. And I actually remember, I think it was, I don't know if it was in the middle of the night, the first time it happened that Mm -hmm. I looked that up. Uh, I think I looked it up one time and then, I, I did it again and it was like in the middle of the night and I just like went in full blown panic. Yep. I think I had to wake up my wife cause I was just like, wow. I literally was like, I'm, I, I think I almost started crying because I was wow. just like, I, this is what I have. This is exactly what I have. So I made a doctor's appointment, went in and similar to you where like you said, you have to be ready to hear anything. I was waiting and hopeful that I was like, okay, he's just going to tell me, you know, you don't have this or whatever. So I go in and he's like, uh, yeah, I mean, he's like, it's hard to say. Um, he's like, it's it's only been going on for like a week or so. And for me, I'm just, that's like a punch in the gut because it's like, what do you mean? Like, it's hard to tell. Like, can't you, isn't there something you can do? Isn't there a test or whatever? Really, that guy, he did not really do anything. And he, really what he told me was, you have anxiety. I was like, okay, well. And, and obviously being a hypochondria, I went online and I saw, oh, well, the doctor told me I just had anxiety and it turned out to be much worse. So I was like, well, this isn't good. <laughs> so yeah. then um, I made an appointment with a, uh, was it a neurologist? Uh, and so went in and this is, you know, brain doctor. So guy who is, uh, well, actually before that, I went to see a uh, chiropractor and kind of asked her the same things. And I was like, you know, from your perspective, does it look or, you know, feel like I have ALS or MS because MS was another thing I thought I had. Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, let me look at the tests. And I was like, oh, great. This is another, you know, <laughs> another thing. So yeah. I ended up booking an appointment with neurologist. So I have been in that place where I go from doctor to doctor to doctor, went to the neurologist and he did some tests on me and everything. He says, uh, you know, I can tell you that you don't have ALS, um, which is reassuring because ALS is like very serious. And it's only like three to four months to live. Uh, he said, I don't think you have MS, but you know, if you want, we can do some tests. Um, you know, we can do an x-ray on your neck. And, um, from that, if there's nothing, then I would say that we can just put this, you know, whole thought away. So I went in, I got a full body x-ray on my body and it was, I mean, it was, I was in the tube and everything. And that was honestly one of the most stressed out moments in I don't probably like the last 10 years of my life because I literally it was just like you're sitting there I had to sit there for 30 minutes while these like loud noises were going and there was like literally electric charges going through my body and if I moved they had to start over so I wow. had to sit extremely still um and the test came back and they said yep nothing we didn't see anything the only thing we saw was you know some um, some of the tissue between like the bones had kind of dried up. So, but she said, that's very normal. It just, you know, comes with getting older. So, um, yeah, it's, 
when you go to the doctor, you cannot assume that you're going to get the answer you want. And that's honestly one of the most frustrating things um, about being a hypochondriac because we're honestly, it's like that's, we're looking for that, um, you know, reassurance that we're, we're all, you know, everything's okay. Everything's good. It's like, they're not God and they can't tell you that everything's going to be okay. Sometimes they can, but you know, there's a lot of times they can't. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I was like, you can't go in with an expectation of what the answer is going to be because if they don't say something or if they leave, if they kind of like leave the door open, that it is a possibility. Um, Mm -hmm. you have to be okay with that. Um, because they can't, as a professional, they can't say certain, like with certainty, you don't have this thing. Um, and so, exactly. um, yeah, it's, it's super tough. Uh, I would say things that I've done as far as tips that I would recommend for people, um, you know, I'm a believing man. Uh, I have a faith. And so I, I do pray. That is one thing that I, I definitely have learned how to do. Um, something that I, I do, um, that I, I would say is important is to breathe. Um, yep. Uh, a lot of deep breaths. Um, there is a method, I believe it's, I want to, I want to remember what it's called. I think it's like the four, seven, eight. So you, um, yeah. it's where you breathe in for four, you hold it for yeah. seven seconds and then you breathe out for eight. Uh-huh. Uh, and I believe you're like in the breathing out, you're supposed to like keep your tongue on the roof of your mouth, but that is like a, somehow it releases stress in your body. And typically when you are stressing about health related things, um, your breathing has actually picked up uh, or uh-huh. you've stopped breathing. So therefore you're not thinking correctly because you, your oxygen is being cut off from the body. Right. Uh, and so you literally yeah. are not thinking straight because you're not getting oxygen to your body. So breathing is super important. Uh, then I already said yep. kind of asking yourself some questions, you know, do I really have this or is it possible there's something else? Make yourself answer really yeah. difficult questions. Make yourself talk it out yeah. loud, write it out, whatever it is. Because once you hear yourself say the answers, sometimes you're like, yeah, that is a little bit out there. Yeah. Um, so those yeah, are my good. tips. What, um, what kind of tips do you have? Yeah, I would say same. a similar thing is for me um, – similar like just like you said is um you know i'm a christian and um, really just coming to grips with death is something that's like uh, just as a human being and being an adult you you do have to face at some point and uh finding some solace and peace in that is reassuring so i'd say start there um stay off of webmd uh that's <laughs> i i would say um probably the most beneficial thing and even if you look online people say it stay off webmd stay off webmd um and it's you know obviously it's really hard but you have to do it so stay off webmd um and then just realizing that your body is not always going to be um tip top shape 100 percent of the time it's a machine just like any other machine uh like your computer or your phone sometimes you know something freezes up on your computer doesn't mean your computer's crashing or it's dead um just like your with your body is that there's going to be times where you have little bumps and little things here and there and the and you have to play the odds game that was something i kind of learned throughout this last process is what are the odds and actually dad told me about this like what are the odds of this being the case and you have to rationalize with yourself because that it's really the only way you can sometimes the only way you can get through something is just rationalizing. So, uh, that would be three tips that I have. Awesome. 
Yeah, so this is something that we definitely struggle with. We will keep you updated. We may ha- do another podcast later on if another story happens or maybe in yep. the middle of something if we you know, are really struggling with something, we may share that with you guys. Um, but you know, we do want to hear your stories too. If you've uh, experienced something related to your health or stories that you have um, that uh, have caused you to be a hypochondriac or uh, maybe OCD or things like that, we would love to hear that again. Facebook, Twitter, uh, or our email, anxietysocietypod at gmail.com. Um, we are going to sign off now. Uh, this has been Anxiety Society. I am Tyler. And I'm Tanner. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, and we'll see you next week on Anxiety Society.